The Boston Bruins are playing their first ever game in Seattle tonight. Uh, Jake DeBrusque will be playing on the top line. And I am going to be joined today by a very special guest who's been on the podcast before and uh, who I will reveal after the break. So let's get into it. Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, February 24th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube, so please hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed, and uh, you can download, listen, watch, enjoy at your convenience uh to follow on social media look up locked nhl bruins on instagram and twitter and you can find me my dad jokes and hockey tweets at ian c mclaren for those who may be new to the podcast i'm a lifelong bruins fan been covering this team for various outlets for about 17 years and uh we get a first tonight as the bruins make their debut at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Yesterday on the podcast, we spoke to Allison Lucan, and today, very happy to be joined by uh, Chanel Keenan. I think this is, is this your third time on the podcast, Chanel? I want to say third time. I don't even know. I feel like it might only be the second time. Uh, it feels like, I don't know. But every time is uh, is a pleasure. Always great to catch up with uh, with you, Chanel. How have you been lately? Good. Um, when you asked me to come on, I was like, I feel like I was just on, on your show. And then I, looked, I literally went on the Spotify page and like scrolled up. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. It's literally been over a year. Time flies. You have been uh, you've been pretty busy, I guess. Uh, I I want to say you're the first person on the podcast who's ever been featured in the hockey news. That was pretty big lately. Do you want to uh, talk about that experience a little bit? What what was that like for you? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting couple of months, I would say, especially after the last time. We talked, um, the expansion draft happened over the summer. I went mm-hmm. to that. Um, the arena was, I would say, like not even close to being ready at that around that time. And then um, it was definitely ready by the time I was there in October mm-hmm. um, for the first game at home. And I was like, this is, it's just been quite, quite the, quite the year, mm-hmm. I'd say, um, quite the season. Um, but I was featured in uh, the Hockey News' list of um, basically just like 
change makers. I don't know how they labeled it, um, but I was surrounded by a really amazing group of people in that feature. Um, so it was really lucky. There were some, some nuanced issues um, that I brought up in regards to my section about it, which is never really my intent to, to call someone out unless I'm going to provide some sort of, you know, teaching moment or whatever. Right. Um, and I didn't even know who wrote my section of, of the piece. And it was literally only a paragraph. So for some people, it definitely, and even for myself, I kind of like battled with like, is this even, should I even say anything, you know, whatever. Um, right. But for me, it's it's been an issue um, just in general for people to mislabel me and, and how I wish to be you know, presented, especially in hockey um, in a sport that's the one that I'm currently involved in at least is very um, able-bodied dominant and um, the language is you know we're evolving every day so there's a lot of nuances to everything and um, yeah I tweeted about it and then uh, I got a bunch of people from the hockey news following me and I didn't I didn't know who wrote it so um, with the help of, of one of my friends I was able to, to, to whittle it down to a person and then um, Matt Larkin was really, really nice and kind um, mm. about, you know, doing doing it justice in the sense of, um, you know, saying how I want to say stuff. Uh, so he asked if we could do a solo piece, and um, I was really just happy he, he took the whole thing really well. Um, and, you know, I was really thankful to him during the whole process so um it was a it was a bit of a journey to get there but towards the end of it between him and I I said like well and and I think to my general audience too I just said I think you know some things like this are meant to happen so that we can learn and then mm-hmm. you know, grow and be better afterwards so it was a it was an interesting experience and I'm I'm lucky I got in before Matt uh, starts his new job. So. Yeah, I just saw that today. That he's uh, <laughs> jumping on the, that daily face-off uh, site, which is really growing. It's pretty crazy over there. Uh, well, that's a great. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that had a, a happy resolution. The the interview was was really was that in the the print edition as well, or or just online? I have no idea. I I it's, it lives online currently, so we'll see. I should uh, next time I'm at. The the uh the pharmacy. I'm gonna check that out. See if it's in there. That would be pretty cool. Um, you mentioned that you yeah you were part of the expansion draft. You got to go check out the arena. Um, the Bruins got their first impression of it last night um, or yesterday when they practiced. It looks pretty amazing. The the photos. Can you kind of uh, describe what makes Climate Pledge Arena uh, so unique? It's it has this ability to feel really like intimate given how big it also feels. Um, there's you, you kind of have to like experience it for yourself to really get what that feels like. And I feel like the Bruins themselves might be surprised at the fan base, I guess, um, in person. And sort of you know it is shocking because I'm sure they pay attention a little bit when they're facing a different opponent of of what's going on in their uh, world. And so I'm sure they'll be a bit surprised about how many people show up and are so excited to be there. And um, I've, I've talked to a few people lately, like it's safe to assume that when a team is, is struggling the way that the Kraken are this year, that, you know, fans will get frustrated and um, 
you know, not want to show up for these guys, but it, it really couldn't be different. They wanted this team so badly and, and you know, in, in the form that it is now, it's not the best. It's not what we want necessarily, but um, everybody's still just so excited to have a new team to cheer for. And, um, you know, the guys really do try to put their all into every game, even right. if it doesn't turn out the way that they want it to. But, you know, they're still – it's still their job at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to Allison about that yesterday, and it, it kind of um... – this is kind of how it usually works for, for expansion teams. Vegas kind of is the outlier that way. I grew up in Ottawa and I was around when, when the senators came into the NHL and they were abysmal. Like it was one of the worst teams I've ever seen. So even the, yeah, Seattle not meeting expectations or as good as people thought they could be, but uh, yeah, still great to see them in the league and, um who who is the player that you got to announce again in the expansion draft? Morgan Geeky. <laughs> oh, very cool. And yeah. did you get uh did you have anything to keep from that or or uh Yeah, so uh, I got a bunch of little prep cards basically. Um I had no idea really what time I was gonna be uh presenting, so that was a little bit tricky and mm. then when I finally got my my time card like I, I think I was number eight or something um and I got to look at the list and I was like oh like it, it just felt like it came up and happened so quickly which was good in a lot of ways because it was stressful <laughs> for me um but yeah I got to have um the actual announcement card and then um I waited till like literally the last second to ask our, our coordinator if um if I could get it signed because it's kind of this thing, like, my mom was, like, hounding me to get it signed, even when we were there in the summer, and I was like, I just, well, he wasn't there in the summer, but she was like, we need to do something with it, um, and then I brought it with me in October, and I was able to do it, but I was really nervous to ask, because it just feels like a, a weird thing to do as someone that's, like, technically an employee of some kind, so, right, right, um, yeah, but they, like, were kind of mad, because they were like, I don't, why would you be scared to ask? That? I'm like, I don't know. But I follow the rules. That's funny. Uh, now, before we move on, I just need to interject here with a quick word about uh, Bet Online. Football's over, but basketball, hockey in full steam for both pro and college. You can get the latest odds, totals, player performance props, even bet on when the next coach is going to be fired at betonline.net your number one spot for all sports betting needs and uh, people can head to the website today use their mobile devices to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts now chanel um yeah you mentioned uh you kind of roll with the seattle kraken can you kind of um talk about some of the more specific things that you've been able to to do with uh with seattle so far yeah, um, it's sort of becoming a more common theme in, in arenas. Um, but during the summer, I was, you know, I was basically asked by some of our team at the arena just to like, whatever ideas you have, even if they seem big or, or small, whatever, like, let us know. And even then, I'm like, I still don't know, like, what's what I should, you know, vouch for or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that I brought up is, 
um, as a wheelchair user and just someone that doesn't often really like to leave my seat during a game, even if it's during intermission, because that's usually when everybody, you know, go get a snack or whatever. Um, I was like, especially here at home, I don't want to pay, you know, $20 for chicken or chicken nuggets or whatever, and then um, either lose them on my way back or uh, have to wait in line and all these things. Um, So I asked him, like, if there was a way that we could come up with some sort of concierge service or like pick up to go type thing or someone would deliver it to you at your seat um so it's currently in more of our like premium based accessible seating in the premium area of the arena but hopefully uh over time it'll become more accessible to to everybody who may want that type of thing um and for me uh, i was super excited to to learn about it and to see it happen and and be successful in real life so when i was there i tried it for myself just to see you know if, if it worked or not and it did mm-hmm. and i was really excited to see that so oh, very it's cool. one of the more visual and tangible things mm-hmm. so. yeah that's that's super important for sure um since we last talked as well willie o'ree finally had his number retired uh by the boston ruins unfortunately he wasn't able to be in attendance because of the pandemic and all that, but he's someone that we've talked about before. What uh, what did that night mean to you as a as a fan of the as a fan of the game and someone who uh, admires Willie O'Ree for sure? Yeah, I I was supposed to. There was a time where I was pretty sure I was going to go to that game, and then thing life kind of happened, and I wasn't able to mm. to go in person, and I was kind of glad because. Um, I was able to weep in my own home. Um, it it was really emotional, and I think just I think even for him, I don't think it will be real necessarily till he comes here, mm, right. and sees it for himself, and I'm I'm hopeful that you know even even though it, it will probably be long since uh, the the number of retirement or whatever that he'll be able to be honored if he goes if he comes here again. Um, it's just it's just been interesting to see the timeline of events because I knew this was happening for quite some time and then the date just kind of kept getting moved um, and it just it was really it was really moving to see him um, react to it even you know via satellite as I say so um, it was it was really great and I think the the game presentation crew over there did a really great job all things considered like yeah it's, for sure it's hard to to pull something like that off with it being a hybrid situation. So that was really cool to witness. And I think it still meant a lot to him, even though mm-hmm. he wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, they did a great job, especially considering the circumstances, but still getting some gifts out to him and he could watch or the players could watch him open it and stuff like that. That was really cool. Really cool to see. Um, unfortunately, they kind of stunk that night against Carolina in that game. Um, I know you've been keeping a close eye on Seattle. I'm sure you've been watching some Bruins games as well this year. What's uh, what are your thoughts on, on the Boston Bruins uh, so far this season? Um, I've actually been paying close attention to both of them. I sadly, uh, anytime they do this thing where they play either at the same time or it's staggered, which is kind of, not nice. I'd say it's chaotic for me, <laughs> honestly. Um, so like all our state, our game will start. Uh, the Bruins game will start at seven, 
and then by the time it's over, the next one starts, and that's, you know, when those things happen, mm, right. it's nice, but it's also just like, what am I doing to myself? <laughs> um, it's funny that, yeah, I don't know if a lot of people, like, I talked to a CEO last month, and um, I was like, he asked me if I had been watching or seeing any of the games, and I'm like, yeah, I've, been, I've, I've watched, I think, every single one so far, sadly. <laughs> um, so I... I, you know, it's hard. The Bruins really throw me through a loop this season. I think they feel that way themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of thinking that the Tuka retirement would sort of shake them up a little bit in, in a good way and sort of make them take a step back and realize, like, how precious time mm-hmm. is. And I think, you know, we get so jaded in our routines and all these things that we're so privileged to have, and it's it's really easy to let that you know, cloud everything that's going on. And then, um, especially when you know some guys are trying to get out of the, the system. Um, yeah. it's, it's been quite quite a time to, to see Jake DeBrusque really start to come out of whatever haze he's been in for the last couple of seasons. And then mm-hmm. it just so happens that it comes after he you know, and after he doesn't want to, doesn't want to play for us anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, I feel like part of him, you know, might still feel like oh, maybe now that things are picking up again and, and I still love everybody here, but I think ultimately we will see him get moved at some point, mm-hmm. um, which is sad because, you know, he seemed like the type to, to be a career player here mm-hmm. um, or the Bruins or whatever. So I'm hopeful. I'm also just like, is the Kraken going to pick him up? Because I swear we get every <laughs> yeah. every guy from, yeah. uh, from the team. Bunch. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it through the whole game tonight. Those 10 p.m. starts are, are pretty late for me, pretty much past my bedtime. But I'll try to watch uh, as much of it as I can for sure. And speaking of watching things, I know um, you're uh, a bit of a, a Euphoria fan. That's something that my wife and I have watched uh, a lot lately. The season finale is coming up. Any any bold predictions for that season finale? Anybody going to get uh, removed from the show, you think? Or uh, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm very excited about that. I, I, t- I tweeted this after I saw last week's episode. I feel like it's trending in a predictable you know, way for me. And it's been funny because I haven't really, I haven't really been um, not surprised by what they do. So, like... They've been pretty good at, at being suspenseful and not getting. I mean, things don't really get leaked either. So I mm-hmm. think that's because it's on HBO. So they get a little more. They get a little more things locked up over there. But um, I'm nervous. <laughs> I I'm nervous. I'm I'm very much a, a Fez Coast yes. fan. Yeah. So yep. I'm really worried about my guy. Um. I I just yeah. It feels like something bad's gonna happen. And I just also don't I always was skeptical of the new character that came in any ways that seems to be heavily involved in that situation mm. so like I don't know I think when when I'm already sort of a, a mistrustful person of certain certain kinds uh I'm like oh man I don't know what's <laughs> gonna be happening I'm nervous but I'm very uh, I'm very fearful for Ethan after uh <laughs> last week's musical number and uh with Nate's 
history of violence. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not too hopeful about his uh, about his future, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, Chanel, uh, thank you so much for for taking some time to to chat again today. Where can people find uh, find you on on Twitter and uh, yeah, where can people follow along? Oh man, I don't know if I want to advertise my Twitter these days. It's a little bit it's fair, all fair. over the place. Um but yeah, you can find me everywhere at um Chanelli thirty seven after Arkin Patrice Bergeron. So yes. pretty easy Amen. to find. <laughs> Praise be. Um yeah, thanks so much, Chanel, and enjoy the game tonight. And I'm sure we will uh we'll chat again sometime soon down the road. Yep, thank you so much. No problem. Have a great rest of the day. Always great to uh, to catch up with Chanel. Thank you so much again for uh, for taking some time. And let's now pivot to tonight's game against the Seattle Kraken. And uh, as expected, it looks as though Jake DeBrusque is going to skate on the top line with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Uh, he was skating yesterday with Jesper Froden and Bergeron. That's because uh, Brad Marchand did not practice. He was tending to a quote-unquote happy personal family matter, uh, and he was going to join the Bruins in Seattle yesterday. He will be on the ice for the morning skate ahead of his return to the lineup following that six-game uh, suspension. Uh he still leads the Bruins in points with 49, despite missing those games. And uh, Bruce Cassidy not worried about his conditioning. He expects him to pick things back up uh, right away. In the second line, Eric Howla will be reunited with Taylor Hall, David Pasternak. The 11-12-13 line remains intact. Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith. And then it looks like Anton Bleed is the odd man out along with Froden, who will be out of the lineup as well, uh, with Nick Foligno jumping on the fourth line with Tom McNosick and Curtis Lazar. Uh, Froden and Jack Ashan were called up to serve as reinforcements on this trip. Uh, Forbort and Connor Clifton will be paired together. Riley, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, the other uh, defensive pairings. And uh, Linus Ulmark is going to get the start uh, in this one with Jeremy Swayman going Saturday in San Jose. Uh, they've made that decision to send Stadnika down in order to get him some more playing time in the AHL. They didn't want him uh, just sitting around doing nothing on this road trip or not doing nothing, but not getting into games. Um, Cassidy said he is competing harder, stronger on pucks. They want him to, um, yeah, just continue to find his identity. If he's going to be an offensive guy, then you have to expect him to make more plays. Uh, they have put him out for some D zone draws. They like that part of his game. He's a guy that will work to keep the puck out of his net, but right now they have four guys who can play down the middle. They wanted to bring Froden up uh, for this road trip in order to have some reinforcements on the wing if necessary. Now, if one of these centers were to get injured, maybe that situation will change. 
in the midst of this long road trip. But for now, that's the lineup that they're going with. Yerho Vakaninen remained in Boston. He was a late scratch Monday against Colorado. And um, they said there's not a lot of change there. Has to get back in the ice and skating before they can think about bringing him aboard. He did play one game or two following an upper body injury. So there's some concerns there with, is it a head thing? What's going on? Uh, but um, yeah, he is back in Boston. Now, again, the big story, Jake DeBrusque playing on the right side with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Um, Bruce Cassidy said they had a good discussion with him about playing with those two guys. Um, is this something that would take him away from his game or help build his game? Uh, he said he would like to give it a go and see where it leads. Sometimes chemistry happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's how they're going to try it for now. It's not even just about chemistry in this situation. It's him playing his off wing as well, which isn't ideal. Um, and like Chanel and I were just, or Chanel mentioned, he does have that, you know, trade request hanging over. Are they bumping him up to the first line to help him get going in order to boost his trade value? Is it a situation where they are putting some more faith in him in the hopes that they can get more out of him? for the stretch run, if he's going to stick around, if they ultimately decide that it's in their best interest to keep him uh, for the balance of the season as a kind of internal rental option, if they're not going to qualify him or let him go, he can bring some speed, create turnovers on the forecheck. That's what they're expecting him of him. Um, and Cassidy is confident that DeBrusque will be able to take on all the defensive responsibilities that come with playing on that line as well after he played some recent games in a checking role with Nosik and Lazar. Uh, they've used him against good lines. He was really good with that line. Cassidy said they're not worried about it defensively. Jake's habits have been more consistent in terms of stick position in the D zone and just have to remind him about those and correct when they need to, just like everybody on the team. So you don't often hear Cassidy kind of lauding Jake's effort, his defensive game, uh, but they kind of don't have a choice at the moment unless they wanted to put Froden up on that line, scratch Felino, uh, which they don't really seem keen on doing. Uh, quite yet, despite calls from the fan base to do so. Anyways, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Uh, Boston will have a morning skate sometime this afternoon, and uh, we'll get more of a sense of the lineup, but that's pretty much what we can expect tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern start for the Bruins, and uh, yeah, Tomorrow's episode, we will recap what happens tonight, take a look ahead at the weekend, and uh, just get you caught up on all things black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Happy Thursday, friends.